Welcome to Project Giveback Connects, an extension of Project Giveback in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Giveback Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hello everyone, and welcome to Project Give Back Connects, episode number eight. It's called There's Beauty Everywhere. I wanna share something with you. If you look here, this is a painting that was given to me years ago when our son went to a, a day camp called Baby Glen Day Camp. And a counselor was a painter and she brought this in and she said, Ellen, I have a gift for you. And she gave me this and I looked at it and went, wow, it's so beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much. And then she looked at me and said, you don't see it. I'm like, see what? You don't see what it's of. And I went, well, I, I see the colors are so pretty and I, it looks so happy and I love that you gave it to me. And she says, no, 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 let me show you something. And then she shows me this. She said, this is the baseball cap and this is the cap and this is the headrest of the wheelchair. And here is his face. And I went, oh my gosh, it's Jacob. And I didn't see it. I didn't see it right away. And now I can't see anything else. And it hangs in his room, which is now called Jake's Lounge. But here's the thing I wanted to say, that sometimes we just can't see the whole picture, but we have to trust that there's beauty everywhere even in the most difficult of times. So speaking of beauty everywhere, that's the theme of today's show. There's beauty everywhere. And our first guest has traveled the world and captured beauty everywhere he goes. He's a photographer. And this is one little, little gift that he brought over one day. And we have a much larger one in our house that we adore. And he is, has such a great story and he's so special. So he's here with us, not traveling the world today on our Zoom. Welcome, Neil Dankoff. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Ellen. First of all, I'm honored to be here. And when Ellen first approached me and said that she wanted me to speak and maybe tell my story and inspire people, I just thought that that was so ironic because nobody inspires me more than you. And anyone I meet who knows you, everyone says the same thing. So you're something, you're my hero. Just wanted you to know that. Um, so anyways, my story is kind of, it takes place when I'm about 40, where I thought, you know, this is my life, what I'm doing. I'm taking photos at a lot of day camps and enjoying it but there was still something kind of missing. I had a passion for photography, but the last few years I had hired a lot of student photographers and I wasn't really even taking pictures. And really my beauty, my, my passion was nature and wildlife. And I had toyed around with taking um, photos in the wilderness a little bit, but always 
around my area, I had never really traveled. So when I was 40 years old, I had been nowhere and I had really never had an interest, which I look back now and I just think what a waste because it is such a passion of mine that I discovered so kind of late in life. But I was 40 years old. I had been nowhere but Florida to visit my grandparents. But I was at a stage where I had a kind of a lot of free time and I had a business that was kind of running itself. And I just started to really get more into my photography, trying different things. And I ended up with a technique that I was you know, really happy with. But I realized to get the photos I wanted to get, uh, I had to travel. And I, was, I didn't really want to travel, but I decided to take a chance and do a first big trip. Um, this is, by the way, if you're looking right now, this is the type of photography that I do. But going back to when I was 40, I said, you know what, I'm going to take a big trip. I'm going to try it. And I, and I just, the world was open to where am I going to choose? And I decided with getting some Jewish guilt from my grandparents, I went to Israel. Uh, and I was dreading it. I didn't want to be so far, but I went and did it. And day one, waking up with the sunrise, going to a new land, new people, I realized, oh my God, I love this. I really, really love this. And it became my new focus. I never thought it was going to be a career. I thought this was just going to be kind of a hobby that I did on the side. Um, and after my trip from, uh, from Israel, I came back and I was very happy with the photos that I took. Uh, and my father right away said, look, I'm going to Switzerland. Do you want to come with me since you liked you know, your experience? And I went right away on another trip. And now I came back with a, a bunch of photos that I, I really liked. And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just go to um, a gallery, rent one out, and just show my friends and family and print out my photos. And I approached Lonsdale Gallery, which is a gallery in our area. And the owner saw them and said, you know what, I, I'm not going to rent it out to you, but I'd like you to be an artist with us and we'll do an exhibit. And that started this new journey kind of late in life. Um, and what I started to do, because I had three young kids, is I just would do two big photo trips a year. But over the years, over the next you know six, seven years, I was getting a lot of good photos. And I had a friend that had a property in Montreal and he would travel with me on these trips. And he just said, why don't we just use one of my buildings and we'll open up a gallery in Montreal. So we did that. And then, you know, without anything in life, you have to also kind of have a little bit of luck on your side. And it just so happens that there was a big hotel that was being built in Toronto at that time. And the owner of the hotel was looking for uh, one photographer to travel the world, three-year commission, and basically fill up every room and lobby area of the hotel with original landscape nature photos. And at that time, they were looking for someone local, and they there. I guess there was some article or publicity on me opening my gallery in Montreal. And as luck and fate would have it, he called me. We met, and uh, I fortunately got the job. And again, that was just another really lucky break where I had three years to go wherever I wanted. I traveled a little more than I had before because I had to get this job done. And that led to things. Also, that led to me getting. Uh, opening up another gallery in the lobby of the hotel and then then one in Memphis uh, and then a pop up in in New York and then in Yorkdale Mall. So everything kind of snowballed and now I was doing something, you know, full time. I was able to get out of the other part of business I was doing and just focus on my photography. Um, and it was just such a great experience. And I was so thankful that I would, I would even though I found it a little bit late, 
that uh, I found because it's not just the passion of photography, it's really my love for the whole process from researching a destination, really just on your computer and, and, and visualizing it and then finally going there and doing the plans and meeting the people, seeing these places that I've been focusing on, doing the research and then you know finally coming back and putting it in the gallery or in someone's home. The whole process of, of it is something that I really loved. Uh, and then during you know COVID, I, we weren't really able to travel that much. So I was trying to think of a way I could maybe give back and something else I can do. And I started an international photography competition where so many photographers all over the world who, you know, you, you, they don't have that luxury of being able to travel. Um, you know, I was able, the timing was kind of perfect in that I had another business and I could do this on the side and it takes time to grow until it grew, until it was my full-time business, but not everyone has that opportunity. So I thought that we could do an international photography competition and people from all over the world would submit their photos and then the winners would get their photos professionally printed by us and then hung in my gallery for a month with all sales going towards the photographer. So that's something that we did that was um, has been really good. We're on our fourth one now. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I guess my whole if I can give you any message, it's to be open minded. You know, here I am going through my whole life avoiding travel. And then when I finally open my, uh, you know, my mind a little bit and, and let myself do it and take a bit of a risk and go out of my comfort zone, I realize, oh, my God, this is just, you know, this is exactly what I, I like to do. Um, so I'm so thankful that I did find it. Uh, that's the gallery you're seeing now that was in Yorkdale Mall. Um, and th this is one of my photos from Amsterdam. So you can see the beautiful houses there uh, and they have all these canals. Every place I've kind of gone to, um, I researched before and see that there's several different locations that I think would be great and would make a really good photo as well. Um, and, and with all this, there's, you know, this is Moraine Lake in our home country here, you know, Alberta, Banff, Jasper, some of the most beautiful places to photograph right here in our own country. This picture is hanging in my gallery and it's uh, 10 feet wide, so it's quite big. Uh, the way I do my photos is it's usually several photos that are seamlessly stitched together. I photograph in different exposures and different focal points. So the end result is a really vibrant photo that can be enlarged, you know, up to 20 feet wide, which we've done a few and you can still see all the details. So it's really fun. Uh, something that I also just did is I've licensed a few of my images to make puzzles because puzzles became such a fun hobby for so many people during COVID. So that was something we got into as well. There's really limitless opportunities you can do when you're working with images and photography. There's so much creativity that you could put into it. So um, that's really it. I'm open to, to Ellen if you have any questions or if anyone wants to ask me anything, but that's my story in a nutshell. Neil, thank you so much for being here. Um, Bevy, can you show us a few more of the slides? Bevy is on, on backup today and she's been showing us some of your, your beautiful captures. Neil, as she's turning, will you just tell us where these are and just very quickly how you captured these photos? Yeah, so this is uh, Ellen's favorite photo and it's hanging in her house. 
And this is funny because a lot of times with, with these um, different locations that I'm going to, so here I wanted to get the lavender fields in Provence, France. And you have to try to really time it because they're in full bloom for such a short time. So it was a lot of planning. And I this is the first morning I arrived there. And I can't believe that they've already started to harvest the fields. So if you see the green part is where they've already harvested it. And I said, I can't believe I've missed it by an hour. I've been planning this for six months. And then I realized, wait, hold on a second. This looks incredible. So, um, and this is really lucky because you can't, unless you're living there, you can't plan to get part, part of it, you know, partially harvested. You're either gonna get it all green or all purple. And we got a little bit, and I think it adds great contrast coupled with the incredible sunrise that we got. Uh, I think it ended up being a real winner of a shot. And just to let you know things that you don't see, I'm standing there and there's bees everywhere, but they don't bother you, but it's a little bit unnerving because they're flying all over your face and you're trying to concentrate and get that shot and there's bees nonstop. So this is one I took recently when I opened the pop-up gallery in Soho, New York. Uh, this is from a helicopter ride. When I first started with photography, I actually had a fear of heights. And I was once asked, I was commissioned in Bora Bora to do a photo shoot for the Four Seasons. And I kind of overcame my fear because my excitement overrided my fear of getting a great shot. So now I do them quite often, these uh, doors off, uh, helicopter shoots and this is something I actually had seen someone else do and I wanted to do it my way where the helicopter I spoke to the pilot and he hovered right at the uh, division line between the city and Central Park in New York and you just get that great shot where people actually think it's two different photos stuck together but that's one shot with the road there being the middle between separating Central Park and the city. This is my gallery in the lobby of Hotel X Toronto. This is I call this floating island and this was taken in the Maldives and one morning I woke up and you really couldn't tell the difference between the sky and the water. It seemed to merge together and there was a small island in the distance that appeared to be floating. So I thought that was a kind of a unique shot. It's more of a minimalistic approach, but uh, makes kind of a neat photo. This is Hollywood sign. Obviously, it's the one sign that even, I guess, when you see it from behind, it's so iconic that you recognize it instantly. And this is the only photo that I've ever taken where I've take half the photos taken at daytime and half is in the evening. So I walked up the hike to the top of the mountain there and I was going to take it at, at, at daytime, but you couldn't, um, basically, there's a fence there. And my only way to to get that photo of the Hollywood sign at daytime was to reach my arm over. And because it was daylight, I had a fast enough exposure and I could do the sign part, but I couldn't get the background. And I figured at nighttime, it would be better anyways. So I stayed there, took the, the sign at daytime, waited about six hours until the sun set. And then with a the tripod, I was able to go over the fence just to get the city part. And then I merged them together. This is my favorite photo. I based a trip uh, to Japan and China, hoping to get this image, which is in Guilin, China. And I kind of knew it would be a good photo for my type of style of blending exposures and blending focal points. Uh, and again, usually I'm notoriously unlucky when it comes to weather, but this time the skies opened up and the guy who I was with told me that those back mountains you see uh, hadn't been visible for the past month. So I got really lucky and I would call this my favorite shot. And this is one of the photos I actually blew up 20 feet wide and had this on display in an exhibit at Yorkdale 
and you could see the farmers in the fields. You could really see so much detail, the small villages in the background. And this is actually the one I, I made into a puzzle. Okay, so those are several of my images. If anyone wants to see more, they can go on my website, uh, candygallery.com, spelled with a K. Talk about somebody who has found their passion and just literally flown with it. <laughs> and Neil, what you've captured is so sensational. And thank you for that. And thank you for sharing your unique view with all of us. Um, whether you're nine or, or 29 or 59 or 99, if you have your passion and you give it away, you will be so happy and Neil, is doing just that. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you so much. Thank you. So our second guest uh, was here last year and you met her and you met her triplets, Taylor, Brody and Cole. And if you look in the gallery, they are there, they're ready for bed, but they're still here with us and we love them so much. Well, since last year, Dana has delivered two babies. Her first one is a beautiful, healthy girl named Liv. And her second one is her new release of her first book. And it is something to share. And she is here to share it with us. It's called See Me For Me. And it's all about empathy, inclusion, and love. Welcome back, Dana. Thank you, Ellen. Thank you. I love you. I really do. And Neil, wow. It's just so impressive and beautiful. And I need one of those in my house. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. Okay. So see me for me, as Ellen said, it's inspired by my triplets, Taylor, Cole, and Brody. They were born extremely prematurely. And as a result of that, they all have cerebral palsy. I wrote this book to introduce children to people with disabilities and give them license to ask questions so that they can better understand people who might seem different than them. But at the end of the day, they are just kids who want to be treated like everyone else with love and compassion and kindness. My kids are the main characters in the book. And my hope is that See Me For Me will spark important dialogues about empathy and inclusion. So let's begin. Here's the book. Here's the dedication. It's Taylor Colin Brody. All right. Everyone is different. Each person is unique. Try not to judge another for how they look or speak. Be open, kind, and friendly. Equity should be your aim. We're all in this together even though we're not the same. You'll meet a lot of people who are different than you. Take the time to know them and to learn their point of view. Now here are three amazing kids who stand out in a crowd. They're full of personality and make us very proud. Here's Taylor in her wheelchair. She rolls from place to place. She'll take on any challenge with a smile upon her face. Thanks. 
She's quite a funky dancer and she sings and acts for fun. When people say she can't or won't, she shows them how it's done. Her brother Cole's a gamer. He's hooked, as you can see. He wants to be a programmer. He loves technology. He wears cochlear implants. They're made to help him hear. It's such a gift to listen to the ones he holds most dear. Young Brody is a swimmer. Every day, his dearest wish is to leave his wheelchair by the pool and swim just like a fish. He's a wizard in the classroom, though his voice is interred. He communicates in other ways and understands each word. When you really look at people for who they truly are, you'll see they've overcome a lot and each one is a star. If you meet somebody different, you might accidentally stare. Instead say, hi, and how are you? Let friendship grow from there. Though we don't all look familiar, if you delve beneath the skin, you may stumble on a heart of gold that's beating there within. Put yourself in their shoes, every triumph, every strife. It makes us feel inspired as we journey on through life. Look past our outer differences to see personality, embrace uniqueness and potential, diversibility. Make a change to help each other and use your strongest voice to stand up, to speak up for the ones who can't. We all can make that choice. Like asking that our buildings are accessible to all, from the classroom to the movies, from the restaurant to the mall. There are many kinds of people, north and south and east and west. It's something we should celebrate. Diversity is the best. Taylor, Cole, and Brody know they're awesome as can be. So hear their message loud and clear. Please just see me for me. The end. Oh, Dana, that is so beautiful. Every parent should read that to every child. It should be read in every classroom. And I'm just gonna put it on gallery for a second because I wanna say goodnight to those beautiful three children of yours. Tay Tay, good night. I love you. Brody, let's see that beautiful smile. Hey, Broads, we love you. Coley, <laughs> you're such a sweetheart. Have a good sleep, guys. Thank you for being here and being so inspiring, all of you. Oh, that's so beautiful. All right. Here we go, guys. It's time for our shining star. So you're gonna, you're about to meet somebody. Her name is Julia Slater. And I could tell you a little bit about her, but no one does it better than her. <laughs> she is a TikTok dancing sensation. And she has such an inspiring story to share, especially her motto, 
which is Down Syndrome is beautiful. And she sure is. Welcome, Julia Slater. Hi, everyone. My topic is what beautiful means to me. Hi, my name is Julia Slater. I am 24 years old. I am a dancer, a painter, a friend, a daughter, an aunt, and an also TikTok celebrity. I also graduated from Humboldt College. This year, I moved into my own apartment. I live by myself. I cook my own food. I do my own chores and own laundry. I am proud to be an opponent. I also happen to have a disability called Down syndrome, which means I have an extra chromosome. One thing about me, I always very feel beautiful. I think my hair is beautiful and my eyes, dancing, nails. Also, I love to shop and clothes and makeup. Sometimes make me feel beautiful. I am a beautiful person. Why do I feel so beautiful? It comes from inside of me. How I make people feel. Now, people that I love, my dogs, my family, and friends. Every day, I feel beauty in my soul and my heart. Even if it's snowing and cold, even if there is COVID, even if I'm having a hard time, I see beauty and I feel beautiful. There is beauty in nature and music. Animals are beautiful and babies. I think you can be, you can see the beautiful things, then the hard things are a bit easier. So if you have having a hard time and you don't feel more beautiful, come follow me on TikTok, that's a jewels. I am famous on TikTok. I love to dance there. So you can dance with me and feel the music and it makes you feel better and beautiful. And don't forget, always there for you, no matter what, your family, your friends, you're always beautiful who you are. And thank you. Wow. Jules, you are so beautiful. You are so right and so wise. Jules, how many followers do you have on TikTok? I have 1.2 million followers. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And well, yes, I'm verified. That's amazing, Jules. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Ellen. You are incredible. Love you. Thank you for being here. Love you here. too. Thank you for that. All right. 
Now it's time for Lindsay at Kindness Corner. Hello, Lindsay. How are you? Hi, everyone. This was such an amazing episode, and I feel so honored to speak after all of you. Um, tonight, there's going to be a lot of snow again, and tonight isn't that cold of a night. So if you're sleeping on the streets of Toronto, there are no warming centers open because it doesn't meet the temperature where they open those centers up. And currently in Toronto, all the shelters are at capacity. There are a lot of COVID outbreaks still happening at shelters. And because they have so many different regulations, they don't admit as many people as they did before the pandemic. At one to give we just want to keep collecting essential supplies. And our idea is really one is enough because one makes a difference to one person. So it could be a pair of socks, a protein bar, a gift card for $5 to Tim Hortons. Find us on Instagram at one to give DMS will make it easy for you. You can leave it at our door and one by one, we can still make a difference. Um, and as always, kindness is contagious. Oh, so important. And thank you so much, Lindsay. Really appreciate your messages always. So everyone, that wraps up today's episode. I want to thank all of you for being here and especially our special guests. Um, let's remember to be kind to one another, to embrace one another, to learn from one another, and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Mwah. Open your heart today.